How goes it, Substackers? It's your boy, Corey Ryan Forster, walking around in nature. This ain't a park rant per se as I'm in my backyard. Y'all hear the birds? Oh, let me stick my microphone up there. Y'all hear them little tweet, tweet, tweeters? This is the, I mean, dude, it's hard to beat uh, 72 degrees and the sun just now starting to go down here close to 7 o'clock at night as I'm recording this. Uh... It's morning as you're listening to this or whenever you decide to click on this, but having a wonderful day. I don't mean to bro out too hard on you, but I pumped some iron earlier and I'm in just, I mean, the best mood in the world. I've been sort of in a funk lately. We've had a lot of, uh, not a, not a super bad funk, not one of those like, oh my God, close all the curtains and leave me alone funk. But just in one of those, you know, you get out of your routine, you get out of your rhythm, and then you just can't really get back into it. We've had some family stuff going on. Everybody's good. But, you know, my wife is uh, pregnant, and for the past two weeks, we were down to to one car. And, uh, you know, on that note, let me just go ahead and say right now, not that I have not always... um, done my best to look out for or at least you know uh, be vocally supportive of the working class in this country especially because I I don't know who that was (laughs) it just drove by my house and screamed at me but sorry for the spike in audio there um I'm a very privileged person Right, but I live around a lot of people who aren't as fortunate as me, and uh, I've always been a very vocal supporter of any type of legislation that helps out the working class and makes it to where uh, the class divide isn't so stark in this freaking country and to where one percent of the population doesn't control 99 percent of the wealth. Now, I can't do anything about it personally except for uh you know, fucking, I don't know, try and vote for the right people, even though it hardly ever works. But I said all that to say this, um, dude, just literally just having to be down to one car for two weeks between me and my wife has been such a window into the reality that I guess I would say most Americans face like, I don't, I don't really know the statistics on it, but it's like probably most people don't even have a car. Like, if you look at, like, all the people in California and New York that don't have cars, all, like, I, I don't know the stats on that. I'm talking out of my ass. But I would definitely say that most families are not a multi-car family just because of how expensive things are, right? Just being down to one car between us two has been... I'm not trying to be overly dramatic here and understand that I have a I have an insanely great life. It's been hell for me. It's been hell for me. Just having to make that one little change, that one little inconvenience, and then to have to sit there and go, this, Corey, by the way, is what most people deal with all the time. And it's actually worse because they know they they don't get to just wait two weeks and then get their car back. Right. And frankly, me and my wife are probably the two best people to be down to one car because not only uh, she's a teacher. Right. So she's done it three every day. I'm not that I'm not saying that being a teacher ain't hard. It's damn sure hard. But like hours wise, it's pretty sweet. Right. And I'm a comedian. 
I, when I'm not on the road, I do everything from home. So it's not like I've got to be across town. We've both got to be at work at the same time. How are we going to do this? So like I was able to get up, you know, every, if I wanted to keep the car for the day, I had to get up at six, take her to school every day. I was happy to do it. I say happy to do it. Uh, I was, I'm always happy <laughs> to make my wife happy, but normally I just wouldn't get up at that time. It's been pretty cool. I've got some work done, but then I got to go back and pick her up at three. You understand? Again, I know that this ain't the end of the world. It's just that before this, I didn't have to do none of that shit. I was completely free. And then it's like, she gets home and, uh, it's like, Hey, I got to go to my mama's. And I'm like, well, it's either me drive you to your mama's or me not have the car. What I'm saying is, it was hell for me. I can't imagine what it's like for that to actually be your reality. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people who don't even try to put themselves in the, the place of a working class person, like if you would if you would get some of these senators and congress people and just make that little change, just be like, hey, for a month, you got to go where you and your wife have the same car. They would start thinking about shit a little bit differently. You know what I mean? It seems like a minor thing, but uh, but I'm telling you, dude, being privileged enough to have my own ride and for my wife to have her own ride is something that I will never take for granted again. I, I, I wake up every day and consider myself blessed. I'm very privileged. I'm very lucky. I do work hard, but for the love of God, I am one of the luckiest people on earth. Uh, but happy to say, <laughs> happy to say that we were able to go get our, uh, our new baby car. We got us a Volkswagen, y'all. I'm, it's full. It is a full family car, baby. I mean, we've got the mid-row. It all folds down. It's got the TVs and shit in the back. We are ready for this little bastard to show up anytime now. So uh, that's got me in a real... I've been in a real dad mood lately. Like, I'm not a dad yet, but I've been preparing myself. I'm going to... I've been preparing myself to make that my entire personality because y'all know how I do. As soon as I get on something, I'm like, okay, this is who I am now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm definitely about to start a dad podcast that's just about dad stuff. And by dad stuff, you know, I mean grilling, World War II, um... Let's see, golf, other sports-related thing, mobster stuff, uh, great deals on footwear, old cars. I'm going to do it. I'm Because when this kid comes, dude, I have never done anything half-ass in my life. Okay, that's not true. I've done some things half-ass. Uh, but I try, when I get into something, I get into it. And I'm making it my mission to be... I'm going to be the number one dad. You see all them dads out there that get that mug that says number one dad? Well, I, I'm, I, I hate to break it to you. Some of the dads listen to this. That, that can't be accurate every time. Not everyone can be the number one dad. You know what I'm saying? There's got to be an actual number one dad, and I'm here to tell you that I'm gunning for the top spot, baby. It's going to happen. Also, I would like to say that I think that classic wrestling falls under the dad stuff. So that will be going on the podcast, too. That's not what I came here to talk about today. I actually didn't even come here to talk about wealth inequality. Oh, actually, you know, it is a good segue into what I really wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about... Here's the three things I want to talk about today. The Barbara Streisand effect, Brett Favre, 
and Pat McAfee. A lot of you are sitting there, a lot of you are sitting there going, I don't know what two out of three of those mean, or I don't know what any of those mean. And a lot of you that know the Pat, a lot of you that know what the Barbara Streisand effect is and know who Pat McAfee and Brett Favre are might be thinking, I don't know what those three have in common. And I'm going to tell you today how I think that they are related. Now, a lot of y'all that have gotten to know me over the years, and you're going to laugh when I say this, but you know that I don't particularly like politics. <laughs> and I don't really like to talk about it that much, even though it seems like that's all I do. Um, Here's my, th- I, I'm not, I think people think because I put out political videos and stuff that I must be someone who is just sitting there watching C-SPAN 24 hours a day. And that could not be further from the truth. I'm a guy who, when I do see something that pisses me off, I'm very vocal about it. You know, like obviously I'll get, I'll catch the big stories. And if something pisses me off, I do feel sort of that it's my obligation as a Southern white man uh, to give my stance on a thing, if for any other reason than for to uh, that people know where I stand and know that I'm not on the dumb dumb side of things. And I've been thinking that about that a lot more lately. What with me about to be a dad and all, I'm like, man, I really, I, I, I want my kid to be able. If I die. I want my kid to be able to go back and there be internet evidence to to exactly where he, his daddy stood on things. Now, if I got a little fucking Michael P. Keaton on my hands, he might not like that, but he's by God at least going to know what his daddy's principles were. Um, but I love sports. As much as I loathe politics, I love sports. And this subject that I'm wanting to cover very briefly is where politics and sports sort of come together, which is the very, very sweet spot for me. Now, I would like to begin, before talking about Brett Favre and Pat McAfee, I would like to begin by explaining to you what the Barbara Streisand effect is. If you're not familiar with the Barbara Streisand effect, what this is, is a, I'm paraphrasing going off the top of my head, this is a phenomenon where In the pursuit of trying to cover up something or silence something, you actually draw more attention to it and it becomes bigger than it would have been had you not done a goddamn thing. So this this got coined by a dude on, I think it was dirttech.com. Basically what happened was Barbara Streisand, there was this dude who was doing this like... um, research for like tectonic shifts and like like uh environmental studies or something and he had taken all these like overhead pictures of california and in one of these pictures it showed the residence of one barbara streisand the lady who your grandmother loves the singing gal the lady who I'm pretty sure when I was five years old, I thought her and Bette Midler were the same person. <laughs> I definitely now know that they're not, and I like both of them uh, separately. But So basically what happened was he had this picture of Barbara Streisand's house that was going into his study. Well, she found out about it, and she was like, hey, I don't want that picture of my house in your study. I don't want people to be able to see that. And he's like, well, listen, I'm doing this for blah, 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 the greater good, (coughs) you know, like it's for a study. And she's like, I'm going to sue you for $50 million. And he's like, what the hell? (laughs) So anyways, a news outlet picked up the fact that Barbara Streisand was suing this dude for $50 million because she didn't want this picture of her house out there. Well, 
guess what happened? That story got picked up and became very, very popular. And after that, 500 some odd thousand people downloaded the picture of Barbara Streisand's house before she had uh, before she had attempted to sue this guy or attempted to censor the photo, only six people had seen it. And I'm pretty sure I read that four of them were Barbara Streisand's lawyers. Do you see what I'm saying now? If she had have, and I'm not saying that you should, if somebody has a picture of your house and you don't want it there, you should just hush. I'm not saying that. But the point is, probably no one would have seen it. And then in her bringing attention to it, the complete opposite of what she wanted to happen, happen. Now you may ask, what does this have to do with Brett Favre and Pat McAfee? I'm getting there. First, let me explain to you the Brett Favre part of it and my relationship to Brett Favre, right? I need to be very clear on this. When I was a kid, my favorite athlete, and it was not even particularly close, was Brett Favre. I loved Brett Favre a lot longer than I should have loved Brett Favre. Do you understand what I'm saying? There was finally the nail in the coffin, and it's the thing that I'm about to discuss with you. But I held on for a long time because Brett Favre was my childhood hero. He looked like somebody from around where I live. He sounded like somebody from around where I live. He was funny. He also played the game in an unconventional style. He wasn't somebody that had it perfected. Oh, drop back here, 1.5 seconds, check down, check down, make the perfect throw. No. He played with flair. He was a renegade. He was a cowboy. It looked like he was just making it up as he went. He had a, like, sort of like a dumb swagger about him. Do you know what I mean? Like... Some people have swagger but don't seem dumb. He had swagger but seemed dumb, but it was like a dumb, good swagger. And I just loved it, man. He was like a maverick. He was fun to watch because he was just making up stuff on the fly. Yeah, <clears throat> okay, sure. He threw as many interceptions as he did touchdowns. Sure, who cares? Two Super Bowls, okay? It don't matter. That was what made him the everyman. He wasn't afraid to make mistakes. That's why I liked him as quarterback. He could throw it a mile. He wasn't even particularly fast, but some for some reason he could break plays and score that way. I just loved him, man. And he was super funny. Like there's so many uh you can go look up all these videos of Brett Favre playing pranks on equipment managers. Like one of my favorite was he was talking, he asked an equipment manager if they, if the kid would go get him a bunch of left-handed footballs. And the kid's like, oh, whatever you say, Mr. Favre. He just was great. He was the everyman, and I loved him. When he retired the first time and decided to come back, I was like, I understand, Brett. When he retired the second time and decided to come back and everybody was making fun of him, I was like, I understand, Mr. Favre. It's what you do. It is what you do. This is your calling, and I understand that you can't walk away from it, and that's totally fine by me. You've got Corey on your support staff. Yes, I've got like three Brett Favre jerseys, okay? Regretfully. Recently, I've only used them in a sketch making fun of Brett Favre. I hate to say it, but, I'm, I, but I, am, I am now officially done with the man, and that's sad, and I don't know what it is. Like, more people need to do this, by the way. It, when you have a childhood hero, if that childhood hero grows up and does bad things, it's totally fine to recognize that. You can like, you can like, uh, be like, well, fuck it, I just won't think about it. But I don't understand these people who like, 
if someone was their childhood hero and then they do bad things, they try to act like they didn't actually do the bad things. Now, Brett Favre did some bad things. And at first I was blaming it. I Frankly, I was blaming it on the CTE because Brett Favre had done some wild things in flashes. Like, I remember a couple years ago, there was this interview he gave where basically he was talking about how he was on Colin Kaepernick's side and how he thought that that was the right thing to do. And I was like, boom, there's Brett Favre, right? That's my man. And then he went and played golf with Trump. And of course, I was like, mm, that's the CTE right there. You see, when it's good stuff, it's not the CTE, but when it's bad stuff, it's the CTE because that's how my dumbass, you know, sort of... Um, puts things together. If he does something bad, it's the CTE. If he does something good, he meant to do it, and he had his complete cognitive behavior was perfect on that one. Well, all those things I could let slide and just be like, whatever, man, his brain don't hit. And then this most recent one, which a lot of y'all probably know, Brett Favre basically, with the assistance of like maybe the governor of Mississippi, where he's from, where he is Mississippi's first son, defrauded the government and even worse than that which by the way if you just defraud the government i don't give a fuck <laughs> you know what i mean dude fuck the government uh now if you like if you're someone like a rich billionaire and you defraud the government and that's how you've got all your money and you don't pay taxes and then you try to act like you earned all your shit then like maybe fuck you for talking trash about poor people saying like all you got to do is work hard and you'll be like me. It's like, no, you defrauded the government. But if you're just like doing some like, you know, on the side defrauding the government, I don't give a rat's ass as long as you're hooking your homies up. But the way that he defrauded the government was to defraud the Mississippi Welfare Fund. Um, upwards of like $4 million or some shit like this. Now, I have to say this right now because of the Pat McAfee part of all of it. I have to say this. This is all allegedly. This is all allegedly, even though there is a mountain of pretty damning evidence going back to Brett Favre uh, all of a sudden got really, really interested in girls volleyball. Now, this isn't off the jump a crime. I mean, good God, dude, that's my favorite event in the summer olympics too dude watching them chicks play volleyball is very awesome but the reason he got super into volleyball was because his daughter was on the volleyball team at southern miss where brett Favre went to school he's an alumni right well all of a sudden brett Favre decides that he is going to get southern miss volleyball He's going to construct for them the most state-of-the-art. They're going to have the best volleyball facility in the entire country, which, again, on top of it, that's not a crime. And you're thinking, okay, Brett, hey, it's your money, buddy. Do whatever you want to do, man. Like, you know he's making a ton of money off them goddamn Wrangler jeans commercials. I know that my ass bought a couple pairs because I seen him playing football in them. You know what I'm saying? That was my hero, y'all. Well... Here's what, what had happened, though, was, is that he wasn't, and again, I say, allegedly, he wasn't spending his own money on this. What he had done was he had worked out a deal with, again, allegedly, the uh, governor of Mississippi or something or one of the, depart the deputy mayors or some shit like that to where he was going to be able to take a significant portion of money from the Mississippi Welfare Fund because there's a lot of gray areas in how the Mississippi Welfare Fund can be used. So, like, they get all this money federally, right? 
They get all the welfare money federally, and then it's like the government, the, the big government gives that to them, and then it's up to them. By the way, um, I will say this right now. A lot of the stuff that I'm hearing was reporting that was done by the brilliant Anna Wolf. Um, I listened to her on a podcast, and I read a couple things she wrote. So citing my one and only source, aside from multiple hearsay things, uh, Anna Wolf. I don't know anything about Anna Wolf except for I listened to her on an ESPN podcast and I read a couple of her articles, I think. So if I get, the stuff that I got right was because of Anna Wolf and the stuff that I got wrong is because I'm stupid, right? You understand what I'm saying? But that's my source, Anna Wolf, and she rules. Um, basically, at a federal level, they dole out all this money and then they're like, and it's up to you to decide how to spend this uh, welfare-wise. So there's a lot of gray areas, and they can play a lot of tricks. And one of the tricks that they played was that they were going to give Brett Favre some of this money for, like, speaking engagements. Now, I don't know in any fucking way how a Brett Favre speaking engagement is supposed to help the poor people in Mississippi and please understand, if you don't know, that when we're talking about Mississippi, we are talking about, and this isn't a diss on Mississippi, the people, this is just straight up facts. Mississippi is one of the poorest states in one of the poorest regions. They statistically come in last in all the shit that you don't want to come in last. You don't even want to come in the bottom 10 in, and they come in last in it. Education, crime, all that shit. It's they it's it's a place that it's very clear why they have so many poor people. It's systemic and shit, right? And also because in this state, when they do get welfare money, they don't give it to the poor, they give it to Brett Favre. Right? So they're supposed to give it to Brett Favre for a myriad of reasons. Speaking engagements was one of them. Well, here's the deal. You can't fall, I mean, you can, but it's like if someone tells me, hey, Corey, we're going to give you $2 million to speak. Um, I'll be honest with you, unless they were sending me to Saudi Arabia or Russia, I'm probably not going to ask too many questions. I'm probably going to go, word, I will take that $2 million. Speaking is what I do. However, Brett Favre actually knew a lot of this stuff. Because they then go to, here's the evidence, texts between Brett Favre and some lady that works for the mayor or the governor or something. Or maybe she is the governor. Remember, I'm going off the top of my brain here. And all of this is allegedly, which again, I must tell you, uh, because of what I'll tell you on the Pat McAfee part. Um, he's got text messages with her basically asking questions such as, hey, is there going to be any way that anybody can find out? what this money's going towards or how I got this money or whatever. And she's just like, no, I understand why you might be concerned, but don't worry about it. We cool. So you don't send a text message like that to somebody unless you are pretty certain that you are engaged in some nefarious bullshit. You dig, right? So Brett Favre knows that he's getting all this welfare money for a speaking engagement that he is then turning back around and using to buy and finance a fucking volleyball court for the University of Southern Miss. Unless poor people really love seeing 
really nice volleyball courts and stuff, I don't think this really helped out as far as the welfare of Mississippi's poorest goes. That's just me, though, right? So there's a mountain of evidence about all this bullshit. And on top of all of that, y'all, Brett Favre never even made the goddamn speech, which, according to some law, some federal law about welfare and stuff, you're not allowed to receive a check for uh, services until they're rendered. So that's a crime right there, allegedly, allegedly. A lot of this money also, this is around a time there's a scam going on with uh, the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase and his son, too, which they are like a, a church pastor stuff. I know it's crazy that like these pastors of these big churches are screwing people over and involved in, in fraud like this and taking money that was supposed to go to poor people. It's just, uh, man, you just don't really ever see anything like this, do you? Do you? Do you? I'm going to slam my head in a car door and then stick it in the fucking oven. All right. So, Brett Favre never does his speaking engagements. He clearly takes this money that was supposed to be given to the Mississippi Welfare Program. And this all came to light like maybe a year ago. Now, that said, I haven't really heard much about it since then. It seemed like, oh, this is a big deal. And then, like anything, maybe it was getting swept under the rug because Brett Favre is, like I said, like the Dolly Parton of fucking Mississippi and shit. And so maybe this was all going to get taken care of. Maybe they were just going to be like, oh, well, you know, because Brett, by the way, they did force him to pay uh, this money back. And he did, except for he didn't pay the interest back. He just paid the principal or whatever, and he didn't pay the interest back. So he still has that to owe which I want to say comes to around like $600,000 or something like that. So it's possible that they were just going to be like, okay, well, he paid most of it back. Let's just drop this. We don't need to sully the good name of Brett Favre. I mean, for the love of God, Brett's great. His daddy meant a lot to this community. And don't y'all remember that time that Brett Favre's daddy died and then he went out there and threw four touchdowns against the Raiders? I sure as shit know I do, by the way. Another huge reason I was such a fan of Brett Favre. The fucking balls, the tenacity, right? So anyways, all this happens, and, and but then I haven't really heard much about it since. And it almost seemed like this was dropped and this was going away. Until the other day, on the Pat McAfee program. If you're not familiar with Pat McAfee, then that means you're probably not a sports fan. Because if you're a sports fan, you know this dude. He is colossal in the sports media world. He's one of the biggest in the sports media world right now. And what's interesting about him is that he used to be the punter for the Indianapolis Colts. Name another punter, right? Name name a punter that after they punted, you remembered who they were. Like, it's such a rare thing for a punter to have as much pizzazz as Pat McAfee. And he left the NFL early, bet on himself, which was the big, the, one of the best bets he's ever made. He's like, I'm going to get into podcasting. I don't give a shit. And this guy's got the best personality in the world. His sports show is absolutely amazing. He's also on College Game Day now. He's also on WWE. He deserves every single bit of this. He's a super entertaining dude, and from what I can tell, a pretty good dude all around. Not that any of that matters in the grand scheme of what his talent is. Pat McAfee talked about these Brett Favre allegations on his show, right? Now, his show is huge. His show's huge, so it reaches a lot of people. He talks about these Brett Favre allegations, and to my knowledge, all McAfee does is just address the allegations, 
I don't think that McAfee tried to infer some new bullshit that there's not evidence on. He just talked about this whole Brett Favre thing. Well, the reason that I even heard about this, because I hadn't listened to McAfee in a while just because football's over. That's just me. I love McAfee, but I really only listen to sports radio when football's on because that's the only sport I give too much of a shit about. Well, the reason that I heard about this is because Brett Favre is suing Pat McAfee for libel. And why that's important is because there's a lot of laws trying to be passed down in Florida via Ron DeSantis and a lot of these Republican people that want to make it illegal. They want to make you be able to be sued for libel even if you say something about someone that's true. If you say something defaming against someone, even if it's true, they want to be able to hold you as liable. Trump was big on this. It was like like Trump didn't even want you to say shitty things about him that were true. Like you can't you can't just go and make up shitty things about someone and accuse them of stuff. That's true. You can be held liable for that, and I appreciate that and I understand it. But it is very dangerous to even insinuate that you could sue someone for libel when what they said was true, right? Well, Brett Favre is now attempting to sue Pat McAfee for libel because he talked shit about him on his podcast. Now, here's where we get into my theory of the Barbara Streisand effect. I brought all of this up in my group text with the well-read boys, Trey Crowder and Drew Morgan, and our good buddy from Weekly Skews, Smart Mark Agee. I brought all of this up. I was like, yo, did you see that Brett Favre was suing Pat McAfee? Because I'm like, got my popcorn out. I'm like, this storyline is going to be like, who fucking shot JR to me? I'm all about this, dude. It's sports. It's welfare fraud. It's politics and sports. It's Brett Favre. This is amazing. So Mark brought up this great point. He said something to the effect of, LOL, McAfee's lawyers are going to go so hard and get all this information in discovery that they're going to end up proving Brett Favre's uh, involvement in all this when the Mississippi cops and shit haven't done a goddamn thing. And that got me to laughing. And I was like, oh, my God, that's such a great point. All of these like to me, it seems like it's been swept under the rug and that nobody wants to go after Brett Favre, but McAfee is a rich dude. He's a very powerful dude. His lawyers are going to do everything that they can to make sure that he doesn't get in trouble. And if you think about it, the way that they get McAfee out of trouble is to prove that every single thing that he said about Brett Favre was correct. So they're going to end up solving all of this and Obviously, Brett Favre's not going to jail, but he's going to get fined out of the ass and is going to be made a public asshole all because Brett Favre said something about it. Just like Barbara Streisand. Brett Favre wanted McAfee to shut up. If he did not said anything, that episode would have been popular and then it would have gone away in the news cycle like every single thing does. But since he decided that he's going to sue Pat McAfee, McAfee's lawyers are going to ball out and end up proving McAfee was right and Brett Favre did all that shit. Mark my words. And that is how the Barbara Streisand effect, Brett Favre, and Pat McAfee all relate to each other, at least in my brain, okay? 
thank y'all for listening to this very long-winded rant that was important for me to tell. I will talk to y'all later this afternoon or at least this week. I love you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day. And uh, yeah, check out this uh, the tale of McAfee and, and Favre. It's going to be a good one, y'all. All right, love you, bye. Oh, thanks for being a paid subscriber, by the way. Peace.